Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Lent begins this week with a very startling message. At the Ash Wednesday Mass, in the first reading, the prophet Joel says these words, Render your hearts, not your garments. Render your hearts. What does that mean? It's a powerful biblical image to rend your heart. Literally means to to tear open your heart. Are you ready to tear open your heart this Lent? Are you ready to tear it open and look inside? To really look inside, to take an honest look inside your heart and see what's really there? That's what Lent is all about. Are you ready to tear open your heart and let God in your heart in a deeper way? That's what Lent's all about, and that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and uh, I want to welcome any new listeners from the great state of Florida. I was just recently down at the Men's Conference in Melbourne, Florida, Indian, Indian Atlantic, Florida, a wonderful event down in the wonderful sunshine of the great sunshine state. And I was back in the South again, also for a marriage conference in Kennesaw, Georgia, there at St. Catherine of Siena Parish outside of Atlanta. So shout out to all of you as well. But for all of you listeners, you may notice something special. Uh, in if you are a subscriber to this podcast, you may notice a special bonus edition of All Things Catholic this week. In addition to this regular episode that you're listening to right now, we, we're also releasing a special bonus edition for Lent. And it's a bonus edition of me prayerfully leading a short version of of Stations of the Cross, that beautiful Lenten tradition of Stations of the Cross. It's similar to those audio versions of the rosary you might be familiar with. Many people listen to these audio versions of the rosary to help them when they're praying the rosary. Well, we put together a short audio version of the Stations and a short version, not one of those really long versions, but one you could do in like 10 minutes. And it's meant to help you to reflect on the stations and incorporate the the beautiful tradition of Stations of the Cross into your ordinary daily life. Last week, you may recall, for if you listened to the episode last week, we talked about the power of Stations of the Cross. We talked about how Stations helps us to meditate on that beautiful mystery of Christ's passion. The fullest revelation of God's love is seen in Jesus's passion, but the story of Christ's passion is so big. There's there's so much happening from the agony in the garden to the trial before Caiaphas and then before Pilate and the carrying of the cross and meeting Simon and the women of Jerusalem and and nailed to the cross and the seven last words of Jesus. There's just so much happening. It's so big that we can't take it all in at once. We need to reflect on each aspect of God's amazing, crazy love for us, his passionate love for us seen in the passion narratives. And that's why the church uh, developed this wonderful tradition of Stations of the Cross to help us, you know, just take in the little aspects of, uh, of Jesus, every moment of Christ's passion, every word, every glance every action, every moment of silence, every little detail of Christ's passion is revealing Jesus's amazing love for you. 
And it's a love that he wants to transform your heart with and, and spill over into your family and your friendships and your daily life. And we talked last week about this in the episode where I was talking about my brand new book that I have out on, on stations. It's called The Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. And one of the big things we, we talked about at the very end was we talked about how this tradition, this beautiful tradition of stations goes all the way back to the early church. It's one of the earliest devotions that we have, you know, in terms of its roots. But we also talked about creative ways to pray the stations. That sometimes I think when people think about stations of the cross, they're overwhelmed. It just takes so long. I don't have a half hour or 40 minutes and I can't drive to my church and, and do stations. Well, guess what? You can do a short version. And that's what we do in this special bonus edition that you'll see uh, coming in. If you subscribe to the All Things Catholic podcast, you'll get a, a short, it's about 10 minute short reflections on the stations. Uh, and, and it's something you don't have to do at a church. You can do it on your own, anytime, anywhere. And that's what stations are meant to, to do. Yes, it's beautiful when we can go to the church, but you can also pray them in your car, pray them while going for a walk, pray them while doing dishes, pray them with your family. So I, I wanted, I, I did the episode and I suggested this idea of a short version. And then right after recording that, I said, wow, I, I wonder if it'd be helpful for the listeners to just give an example of this. So that's what we've done. That's uh, my special gift to you this Lent and hope it could be helpful for you. You can listen to it on the drive in to work or listen to it with your kids. And uh, it could be something to help you incorporate the story of Jesus's love and his passion into your daily life so it can write that story of his love in our hearts more. So check out that special bonus edition uh, there on Praying the Stations of the Cross. Now, this week, we're going to be focusing in on the show on those words that we hear in the first reading on Ash Wednesday from the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, rend your hearts, not your garments. I remember in my childhood, I, I was a a big NFL football fan. I, I loved the Chicago Bears, and it was many years of suffering. I, I was blessed to get to go to the 85 Super Bowl when the Bears finally won a Super Bowl, but, but most of the years, it was a lot of suffering. But even in the midst of so many losing seasons, the Bears had one amazing football player. He was a running back, a Hall of Famer, and, and, and arguably one of the best running backs of all time. Any football fans know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about Walter Payton. Walter Payton, he was my hero. I, I just, I loved watching Walter Payton play. I had, you know, posters of Walter Payton in my room. I read books about Walter Payton. And if you, if you know, Walter Payton was number 34. That was, that was his number on his jersey. And I remember as I was growing up, I remember hoping I could play football in junior high, play football in high school, and, and maybe go off to college and, and be like Walter Payton. And, and finally, I had my chance. I got to play junior high football, and I played my, my freshman year as well. And I remember thinking, if I could just get number 34, and I, and I knew there'd be a lot of competition for that number, a very popular number in the Chicago area where I was growing up. And I, but I remember thinking, if I could just get number 34 on my jersey, I, I could be an amazing running back, just like Walter Payton. And I knew a lot of my friends also wanted to get number 34, and they were figuring out who, who gets which number. And sure enough, guess what happened? I got it. I won. I got number 34 
for the football team. It, 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 and it was awesome. I was so excited and I couldn't wait. And I told, I told the coach I wanted to be running back and I kept pressing, I need to be a running back. And they looked at me and they, they saw, well, he's not that big, you know, he's fast, but he's not that big. He's, he's pretty skinny. He doesn't seem to take really hard tackles well, but he really wants to be running back. So we'll, we'll give him a try. And, and I tried and no matter how much I, I wore that jersey, number 34 on my back, I could not be a running back like Walter Payton. I, I, I could not be a good running back, period. I got wailed on over and over again. It was a disaster. And after my freshman year in high school, I ended up quitting that sport of football and played the other football, uh, uh, what the world knows as soccer. <laughs> but the, the point is that the outer garment, obviously, that I'm wearing, my jersey, doesn't make me a great football player. That's not what really matters. And the same is true for Lent. I, I want you to think about the external practices that we set out to do during Lent, uh, particularly we, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Those are the essential practices that every Catholic needs to incorporate into Lent, some extra prayer, some kind of sacrifice that we make. We give up something, some kind of fasting, and then almsgiving, where we give a little extra uh, to care for the poor, more than our tithe that we do to support the church, but something extra, something that might actually hurt a little bit. We give a little extra to care for the poor. Those are essential basic practices that are timeless. And uh, I talked about that in last year's uh, Lenten episode. You can scroll back and find last, year, last year's episode if you want to hear more about that. These are beautiful. They're essential. But we have to see they're just a means to a greater end. The prayers, the fasting, and the almsgiving aren't the thing that we're aiming for in itself. You know, th These are just means instruments to get us to something else. Important, essential, but we want to look at what God wants to ultimately do is in our hearts. He's not interested in us just achieving a lot in Lent. Wow, I fasted so much and I gave up all these things and, and it was amazing. And, and that's great. And God wants us to be very generous with extra prayer, extra fasting, extra almsgiving. But it's not the almsgiving and the fasting and the prayer itself that he wants. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. And so we do these things and we do them generously. We do them with great devotion, with attention, and we persevere throughout the 40 days of Lent with them. Yes, but they're meant to ultimately change our hearts. That's why this opening biblical lesson from the first day of Lent, right there at Ash Wednesday Liturgy from Joel chapter two, render your hearts, not your garments. That's why this is so important. We can sometimes... Think of Lent more in terms of the outward garments. You know, look what I gave up. Look what I did. And not that we're bragging or telling other people about it. That, that's surely a problem. But, but sometimes in our own head, we kind of check off the boxes of Lent. Okay, yep, I did my three things for Lent. Good, check, check, check. And, and, and we feel good about ourselves. You know, we're doing it because we, we don't want to fail. And if we make a mistake on one of the devotions, we, we feel like we failed in our performance. And please don't get me wrong, we, we really want to take our Lenten observance very seriously and be very careful in observing uh, whatever we set out to do in Lent. That, that's, that's important. And we should really tell the Lord sorry when we fall short. But let's not fall into the trap of viewing the outer garments of Lent as the main thing. 
I'm just checking off the boxes. And oh, 40 days, I checked off all those boxes. Look at how good I am. <laughs> you know, we can convince ourselves I had a great Lent just because I checked off the boxes. No, we want to check off the boxes, but the, the boxes are there to do something deeper in our hearts. A good Lent is when our hearts are drawn closer to the Lord, when we give our hearts more to the Lord, when we look inside our hearts and go after certain weaknesses, certain sins, that, in certain attachments, disordered desires and emotions or whatever that we have that may keep us from fully being one with Jesus and loving the people around us like he loves, that's a successful Lent. More than, hey, I did, all, I, you know, I did an extra rosary every day and I prayed two rosaries every day all for the rent. Okay, that's good. But did I love my wife more this Lent? Oh, hey, I, you know, I read the Bible every day of Lent. That's good. But did I, did I actually love and serve my kids more during Lent? I gave up my, my favorite show during Lent. Hey, that's awesome. But you, did you make more space in your heart for the people around you more? I gave up my favorite food for Lent. I did it for all 40 days. Good. That's really good. But it creates space for you to be more generous and care for the poor and give of your time to those that are suffering and in need or give of your, your finances to be more generous to care for those that are suffering. That's, in other words, do, do I take on the heart of Jesus more in my life? And my prayer, my almsgiving, my fasting is all meant to serve that goal. So a great Lent isn't, I accomplished everything. That's such an American way of looking at Lent. And as I'm saying this to you, I, I know I can fall into these things as well. So I'm, I'm preaching to myself, brothers and sisters out there as well, uh, on this one, because I want to I remember it's really about the heart. So let's, let's, let's unpack this line. What does it mean from Joel chapter two to rend your heart? So we know we don't want to focus on the outward garments, but what does it actually mean to rend your heart? I meant, remember what I said at the beginning of the show, to rend, it means like to tear, like, like you would, an ancient Jew might tear his garment over something shocking uh, when he's in great sorrow. Um, uh, and, and you actually tear the garment, how devastating. I mean, just picture somebody walking into your, your office and they just tear their suit, <laughs> you know, like, like with, with, with sadness or anger or, 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 or great sorrow. That's a dramatic image, but now apply that to your heart. Think about what that means. We're tearing open. Or we're not just kind of like gently, oh, I'm going to just touch my heart and, you know, poke around it a little bit, you know. No, no, no. We're tearing it open. <laughs> we're not just going to go in and go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to massage my heart today. I'm going to pat my heart on the back or I'm going to tickle my heart. No, 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 no. We're tearing it open and went, whoa, what a dramatic image the church puts before us in the first reading of Ash Wednesday. What does that mean? I want to give you two ways to apply this biblical message at the beginning of this Lent, and I hope it helps set the tone that you may have a very blessed Lent. First thing, dare to look deep inside your heart. I think that's that's part of what this means. Tear open your heart. Like we're not just kind of peeking inside. <laughs> we're not just gonna take a little glance inside. It's like tear open your heart and really look inside, take a hard look at your heart, at the truth of what's really inside your heart to see what's really there. If, if That's kind of scary. Isn't that scary? Because we all know we, we've got stuff in our heart that, that we're kind of ashamed of, or we wish we didn't have there. And 
it might be really hard to to look at that and stare at it for a little bit. I'd rather avoid that. I'd rather just be busy and play with my phone and listen to music and uh, be very active and talk to people. I, I don't want to have to look inside my heart. That That's scary. I, I, I might see some things I don't really want to see, but Lent is a wonderful time to get us to look at the truth, the truth about what's really in our hearts. You know, we might look inside and see some deep hurts, some deep wounds in our hearts, certain patterns of behavior, ways we react to things that just aren't, aren't healthy. And they come from our own wounds and, and Jesus wants to heal those in us. Maybe that's what Jesus wants to do this Lent. He wants to look inside your heart and, and you see this little child that, that's crying, that's wounded from maybe something from their upbringing or some things that have happened in their lives and Jesus wants to come in. And that's hard to look at. But, but maybe Jesus really wants to come in and let that little child in you that's been wounded to, to cry, to, to rest in his arms, to be healed. You know, I think one of the big things we want to look at in our hearts is to examine how our hearts are not like Jesus. You may tear open your heart and, and see a lot of self-centeredness there. <laughs> you know, you might, you might notice, oh, wow, I, I just think a lot about myself. I don't think about the people around me. I always put my needs before others. And, and, and yeah, we know that. We all know we're selfish, but... This Lent, maybe Jesus wants to really put his finger on that and say, stop being so selfish with your spouse, please. Can you look at things from his perspective, her perspective? Can you think about what he or she is going through, what their needs are? Stop being so self-centered with your spouse. You've done it for too long. You've got a pattern. This Lent, let's break that pattern. Take on the heart of Jesus. Or maybe... We, we tend not to realize how much our words, our tone of voice, uh, the way we act, the way we treat other people, how, how it makes them feel. You know, maybe we don't realize that we're really hurting others. You know, not that bad. We're not like saying bad words to them or yelling at them or physically hurting them. But maybe just the, the way we treat people in our community, our circle of friends or you know, our, our colleagues, people that work for us, report to us, family members, maybe the way we treat them, they feel pressure. They feel like they're not good enough. We make them feel badly. This Lent, maybe, maybe that's what Jesus wants you to see in your heart. Like Jesus's heart isn't like that. Or maybe we, we don't give the people in our life enough attention, that the attention they deserve. We're, we're just too distracted all the time. We're just so distracted with projects at work, side projects and things we're interested in, hobbies or spending too much time on screens. And so we're just not as attentive to the people around us. Maybe we don't fulfill our commitments. We often say, hey, I'm going to do this or, oh, I'll meet you there. And, uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show up there. And then we just, we don't. We're just the kind of men and women that just don't keep commitments. Maybe this Lent, that could be our resolution. Jesus wants us to be faithful, like he's faithful. He's always faithful. Let's be more like Jesus and be men and women of faithfulness. Men and women who keep our word. Men and women who fulfill our, our commitments and our, our responsibilities. Maybe we worry too much. We're always worrying about stuff and... It's a sign we don't really trust the Lord. Maybe that's what Jesus wants to put his finger on this Lent. You see, when we 
render our, rend our hearts. We're tearing it open. We're not just taking a little glance. We're really opening it up and looking deep inside and allowing ourselves to sit in God's presence with the truth of our weakness, the truth of our sins, the truth of our shortcomings. Lent is a time to just stop overlooking all of our faults, stop procrastinating. As the second reading says on Ash Wednesday from 2 Corinthians 6, 2, now is the acceptable time. Now. We should be examining our consciences all throughout the year, of course, but but Lent, this is a time to rend our hearts, tear open our hearts, stare at what's in there, and and ask the Lord to help us to change. That's the ultimate goal here, to be, take on the heart of Jesus more in whatever way he may be asking us to. So a second thing we want to do, and this is really flows from the first, let's open our hearts and not just look at our hearts on our own. Let's look at them with the Lord. You see, the great saints, they often tell us, I think of like some of the medieval saints, like St. Bernard of Clairvaux, St. Catherine of Siena, that when we tear open our hearts, if we just stare and look inside, it's just too hard. We can't bear to look at it on our own, but we need to see them the way God sees them. We need to see them with his gentle compassion, his mercy. As um, St. Catherine of Siena once said, we need to see our own sinfulness, our weaknesses, the truth of ourselves in light of the truth of God's mercy, in the gentle mirror, she says, of God's love and mercy. So as we do open our hearts, don't just go do that on your own. It's, it's too much to look at. Well, at least I know that's for me, and I think that's the case for most people. It's just too much to look at on our own. You know, maybe take time if you can, sometime early on and here in Lent, and, and go to the chapel. Spend some time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus's real presence, or spend some time at home, a quiet place, and open your heart and look inside, but look inside with the eyes of God, because God, as much as we have all these faults and weaknesses, he also sees that we're really trying. He sees the good parts. He sees that we want to be better. Like, that's really good. You know, if if we're just selfish people who hurt the people around us and we don't care, that's a bigger problem. The fact that we care, the fact that we realize it and we want to be better, God sees that and he rejoices in that good part and he wants that good part to grow. So, Go before the Lord, open your heart before the Lord and do three things. Ask him to show you what he wants to work on in your heart this Lent. Too often we're the ones setting up our Lenten plan. Do you take time to just ask the Lord what we should work on? (laughs) Go to him and let him be your spiritual director this Lent. Give him permission to choose what your Lenten resolution should be. You might be surprised. You might think, I need to work on this. But he may be thinking, no, this is what I want you to work on. You think you need to grow in fasting? You just need to treat your wife better this Lent. <laughs> you think you need to give up this big thing over here? You know, no, you, you just need to serve other people more. Go before the Lord and listen. Ask him. Rend your heart open. Tear it open before the Lord. And ask him to show you what he wants to work on in your heart this Lent. Secondly, then ask him for the grace to persevere in that area because it's going to be hard. You know, oftentimes we're going after our weaknesses. It's not easy. (laughs) We're going to need his grace. Ask for that grace to say, Jesus, help me, help me to take on your heart more. I can't do this on my own. And then thirdly, trust in his mercy. Trust in his mercy for the times when you stare at something and go, oh, wow, I realized. I realize more now how I've hurt others or how I've been selfish or I've been impatient or, you know, I haven't been consistent in prayer, whatever it is, like realize that God is merciful. And and I stare at my heart 
it's not to do a dissertation on my sins and just stare at it. It's it's so that I, I see my need for God and I, I trust in his mercy to help me. He's going to forgive me and he's going to help me get better in his time and his way. But I really trust him. So again, if you open your heart to the Lord, ask him first to show you what he wants to work on. Secondly, ask him for the grace to persevere uh, in, in that area. And then thirdly, ask him for the grace to trust in his mercy for when, in those times you failed in the past in this area, in the times you're probably going to continue to fail in the future and even in this Lent. He doesn't demand perfection all at once. He does demand perfection. We're going to be made perfect uh, either in this life or in purgatory. We're not going to get to heaven until our hearts are perfectly transformed by Christ's love. He does demand perfection, but not all at once. And he's so gentle and kind and merciful. If we just surrender and trust in his mercy, that's when we see the most amazing changes in our lives. You know, one of the best ways, I think, throughout Lent to really ponder the, this dynamic of rendering our hearts open to God and allowing his heart to shape our hearts is this devotion we've been talking about, Stations of the Cross. It's just so beautiful each moment you just see you know, Christ, his heart being wide open, right? I mean, it's, it's pierced at the end, uh, but his heart is coming right open as he suffers condemnation from Pilate, even though he's innocent, as he has to carry that heavy cross, as he consoles the women of Jerusalem, he forgives his enemies, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. At every moment of the way in his passion, he's, Jesus is opening his heart to us so much. And in the Stations of the Cross, when we just take time to, to ponder him opening his heart up, it, it makes us want to respond more and open our hearts generously to him. That's what this devotion is all about. So check out the, um, the special edition podcast that, that is coming to you here this week at the first week of Lent, a special edition of me praying a short version of Stations of the Cross that you can incorporate in your daily life easily just to listen to stations either on your own or with others, uh, to pray a short version, 10 minutes, just to regularly. I mean, I, I would just think it'd be wonderful if every week we, we incorporated stations, even if we can't get to our parish, even if I can't get, you know, pray a fuller version, which is definitely more beautiful, a fuller uh, experience. Let's not let the the ideal be the enemy of doing something good. Even a short version that we incorporate while we're driving is a good thing. And that's why I designed this uh, audio version of Stations of the Cross that you could check out. You can also check out my new book on this devotion called Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. You can get that at ascensionpress.com slash stations. Again, you get Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross, my newest book, at ascensionpress.com slash stations. Thanks for listening. Blessed Lent to you. God bless. Thank you.